Good afternoon, everyone from Warm and Humid Singapore. And it's great to see all of you here to join us for episode six of our Bridging the Gulf public education series hosted by the Middle East Institute in Singapore. Um, today, our episode is covering the United Arab Emirates. And we are pleased to welcome our distinguished guest speaker, Dr. Akil Kazim Abdufatah from the UAE University today. Last week, we covered the Sultanate of Oman and previously we also did uh, Saudi Arabia. And going forward, we will continue this country-specific episodes. So today, um, today's episode and today's speaker was made possible with the support of the UAE Embassy in Singapore, who kindly facilitated um, the invitations to the speaker as well. And so before I move on to introduce our speaker for today, please allow me to give a very, very quick and brief introduction of the United Arab Emirates. I shall now share my screen. So it's important to understand, firstly, that you know, like the other Gulf states of the Persian Gulf region, uh, ruling families and tribal affiliations are important to, to, to understand the family interconnections and likewise, in the United Arab Emirates, you know, we have seven emirates and, and hence we are talking about, hence the federation that we will be covering and also how Dubai and Abu Dhabi came to be an economic power and political power respectively. So as you can see on your screen, uh, the seven emirates each have a ruling family and a ruler to each of the, the emirates from running from Fujairah at the top all the way down to Abu Dhabi and, 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 and Dubai. So what, what we can understand from these uh, ruling families of the UAE is that some of them have connections to close connections to, to each other. For example, uh, both the ruling families of Dubai and Abu Dhabi come from the Banias tribe, but come from different sections or different branches of this tribe. Uh, the the Al-Maktoum ruling family comes from the house of Falasi, while the the Al-Nayan family of Abu Dhabi comes from the house of Falahi. So um, these, these kind of connections are important to understand and our speaker will of course uh, go more deeply into these issues later on. I shall stop here. And, and you can see that, you know, that there's a very um, long and rich history of the UAE. And these are the, the flags of old that are found in the India office records of 1932, where at that time, the sheikhs of uh, the Trucial Coast, now the UAE, these were their flags. And running from Achman, on, you know, if you see in the photos, these are the flags that were, you know, hoisted uh, during peacetime on the respective rulers' forts, and which are, I think some of them are now still preserved there for, for, for cultural heritage and also for visiting. And also, of course, you see the UAE flag today, which has transformed and, of course, signified the progress over the years and decades. So what, what I wanted to highlight, because our speaker will also be, be talking about some of the achievements by the UAE, the Emirates Mass Mission, which was launched uh, last year in July, has now uh, you know, successfully entered the Martian orbit this year in February, and under the, you know, with the HOPE spacecraft, or AMAL in Arabic. So it's the fifth player to successful, successful, successfully reach Mars following European, Indian, Russian and US space agencies, and is also the first Arab Mars mission. So with that, we, we see 
also how we can connect it to the central themes for each new year of the UAE since 2015, because they have a, have a core um, you know, idea and theme for the year from 2015, which started with the year of innovation and, and running to today, 2021, year of the 50th. And, and, and the UAE National Day uh, will be in December the 2nd, on December the 2nd. And we are, we are looking forward to see what, what, what this day holds and what are the special uh, events and occasions that, that this year will, will bring about. So with that, I really conclude my short introduction and I would like to introduce our speaker for today is Dr. Akil Kazim Abdul Fattah of the UAE University, who's kindly uh, agreed to present today on, on his country. He is assistant professor in the Department of Government and Sociology program at the UAE University in Align. He's also the author of the UAE 8600 to the present, a socio-discursive transformation in the Arabian Gulf. He was previously Dean of Student Affairs at the American University in Sharjah, and also Chair of Sociology Department at the UAE University. He has published numerous articles on Dubai's commercial rise, as well as on the coal industry in the first half of the 20th century. Dr. Akil obtained his MA and PhD from the American University in Washington, DC, and we are very, very pleased to have him here with us today. So I'd like to hand over to Dr. Akil now to, of course, unmute himself and also share his slides and of course, give us a very enlightening presentation. Over to you, Dr. Akil. If you could kindly unmute yourself as well, Dr. Akil, you are still muted. Dr. Akil, you are still muted. Okay, now yep. you, can, you can hear me? Yes, please go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. And uh, I want to first thank, uh, to thank uh, uh, Middle East Institute, Institute in Singapore. I also like to thank Dr. Glemens for her, his introduction and for his invitation. Uh, basically, Dr. Glemens asked me to put lots of pictures for you, and I did that. I removed all the text, and you see, you're going to see a lots of pictures without text. And I hope, I hope the the presentation. Uh, be uh, interesting to all of you and you enjoy it. Uh, it's going to be a long history of UAE. I will go to long history of UAE. And I, I believe that the history of UAE is very important for you to understand the contemporary. Basically, the presentation, I divided it into, uh, what is it? I divided the presentation into four parts. The first part, I will introduce you the UAE. The second part, I go to the brief history of UAE, and this brief history will give you some understanding of the contemporary. I, I'm not gonna go to the history to show you the events, different events. Rather, I will, I, will, I will try to connect the history to the present as much as possible. Then the, sec, the, the third part, we will go to Dubai. I will introduce you Dubai, especially how did the Dubai rise as, this, as a commercial city. 
And in the, in the last part, which is part four, we will go over why Dubai become a model for the region, an economic model for the region, and why did Abu Dhabi become a, a leadership model for the region. This is basically the summary of the presentation today. First, let me introduce briefly, introduce briefly to you yeah, the, the UAE. The location, as Dr. Gilliman's told you, the location is located on the Arabian Gulf. The interesting thing about UAE location, it has a long coast. It has almost 640 kilometer uh, area of on, on the on the on the on the Gulf on the on the Arabian Gulf, and it has 90 kilometer coast on the on the on the east coast. On, on, this will take you directly to the Indian Ocean. UAE located as you see it here on the map, located. Uh, on the south uh, is Saudi Arabia, and the west is Qatar, and on the on the uh, on the west west also Saudi Arabia, on the south also Oman and east is Oman, and and, and UAE actually is a federal government like what Gilman said, consists of seven Emirates, the largest Emirates is Abu Dhabi, the second largest is Dubai, as you see here, Dubai is the second largest, Sharjah is the third la large largest, you have also we have also several smaller one. Such as Fijera and Ajman, Umm Al Quwain, and Ras Al Khaimah. The interesting thing about Fijera is on, on the on the east coast of UAE, and it has exit directly to Indian Ocean. And the interesting thing about Ras Al Khaimah, it's 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 a very beautiful, but very beautiful Emirates. It has it has lots of mountains and greeny and nice beaches. The Abu Dhabi and Dubai, as already already you know it, they are very large, the two largest one in terms of population. Abu Dhabi, especially in terms of area. This is some pictures of Abu Dhabi, as you see here. The icon picture of Abu Dhabi today is Zaydis uh, uh, Mosque, as you see it on, the, on your right side. These are some pictures of Dubai. In the middle, as you see, the expo. The expo will be, will be hosted by Dubai this year on, on, uh, in October. And as you see, some pictures from Dubai, Burj, uh, Burj Al Arab, the icon of Dubai, and some beaches. These are pictures from Sharjah. As I mentioned, Sharjah also has uh, an, an, an area on the, on the east coast, mountainian area, as you see in the, on the right side. These are some pictures of Ras Al Khaimah, as I told you, has a nice beaches, nice mountains, and attracting lots of tourists nowadays. These are some pictures of Fijera. Fijera is, is the, the Emirates that located on the east coast and located directly on Indian Ocean. It's on, also it's an area that has lots of mountains and greeny and agriculture. This is Umar Khwain. Umar Khwain is nice as you see here on the, on the right side. Umar Khwain uh, lagoons, it's, 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 it's a beautiful lagoons. Ajman, as you see here, lots of high rise. Ajman is very dense because it's the smallest emirate in terms of uh, area. And that's why you have lots of high-rise high -rise building. It's becoming like a Manhattan of UAE. UAE location, as you see here, is very interesting in the, in the center of the wall. Also in the, on the tips of the, of the Strait of Hormuz, as you see. Very similar to Singapore. Singapore has also on the tips of the Strait of Malaga. UAE is in the tips of the Strait of Hormuz. Both locations are very strategic. But UAE location nowadays connecting the whole world basically, east, west, 
and north and, and, and east, especially UAE location is becoming very important for the MENA region, for Middle East, as well North Africa, um, uh, also the ex-Soviet uh, republics, uh, Central Asia. This area also becoming all like, like a, a trade, trade, uh, trade area for Dubai. UAE population is very diverse, as you see here. You, basically, we have 200 different nationalities living in UAE. UAE um, population, local population is only 11%, little bit more than 11%, but the rest, they're coming from all over the world. As you see it from this pie, they're coming from Europe, they're coming from, 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 uh, from, uh, from uh, America, they're coming from East Asia, South Asia, lots of them from South Asia from India, from, from Pakistan, from all over the world, basically. And this um, immigration to UAE, it's been a long process and uh, increased recently, more recently, but it's been a long process. We can talk about that if you like later on. This it show you the diversity of UAE population. UAE has 10 million population, most likely 10 million population. As you see it, it's very diverse. You see the Dubai Metro on your left side. It's mixed of different, different, different nationalities, different ethnic groups. This is one of the one, one of the UAE market, old market. As you see, the mixture of people from all over the world. And this is here, the picture on your right is one of the business area in UAE. You see also the mixture of, of, of different nationalities working together, living together. Religious in terms of religious, UAE is also very diverse. UAE has population of Christian population. Uh, Buddhist population, Hindus population, Jewish population, all, all different sects and different believers are living in UAE together peacefully. But majority of them, as you see, are Muslim. UAE GDP, it's, it's almost 422 billion. And, 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 uh, and as, as you see it from this chart, we can talk about it later on. Part two, now I get into the brief history of UAE. I will take you back to the pre-Islamic period especially the antiquity, then Islamic period, then transformation period. Transformation period, I call it transformation because it's the time that you, uh, European penetrated Indian Ocean, beginning with Portuguese in 1497, later on the Dutch in 1602, then uh, British in, in, in 1608, then French in 16, in, 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 in 64, five, some, something like that. Then we're gonna get into colonial period. Uh, uh, UAE was also colonized by British in 1820. We will, we will talk a little bit about the colonial. Then post-colonial, by post-colonial, I mean the independent of UAE when the UAE become independent from British in, 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 on December the 2nd, 1971. The UAE historically has been very important in terms of location. UAE also developed a civilization which goes back to the 3000 BC, 5000 for years from now. And this civilization called Magan, as you see it in the map here in the Magan. The Magan basically civilization was connected to other civilization 5000 years ago. And Magan civilization was spread all over UAE. As you see it, uh, Magan was connected to uh, Indian subcontinent. Maloha, there was a, a, a civilization called Maloha or Maloha. There is another civilization which was here in, in Bahrain region called Delmon. And this civilization, Magan, which was located in UAE with, with Maloha, with Delmon, they all were connected to Mesopotamian civilization 
such as Sumerian uh, and, and Akkadian and so on. The UAE was important here in this period, 3000 years back, it was important because of copper. UAE was exporting copper to different parts of the world during this time and importing different goods from everywhere. As you see here, Abu Dhabi is location here in the, in the, in the, in the, in the here, it, as you see it in the coastal area, it's all, all, all different, different, different trades network coming to UAE and moving from UAE as you see it here. That's the UAE location until today, it's important. This goes back to the historically. These are some, some traces from the, that period, from the, from the Magan period. There are some, some pumps as you see it here some settlements in, 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 in Hili, in Jabal Hafid and Al-Ain, Abu Dhabi. This civilization was spread. This is from Umm nar also, which goes back to 2500 BC until 2000 BC. These are lots, lots of traces that have been found in UAE. This is some, some, some pottery that been imported by Magan period, imported from India that tell you that there was strong trade relationship between Indian Ocean and UAE, which goes back to the 5000 BC. And this is uh, also uh, another city developed, uh, uh, commercial city developing on the, on, the, on the Gulf side called Al-Dor. This was in, near Umm Al-Quwain, Umm Al-Quwain, Emirates of Umm Al-Quwain today. And this city was very, very big commercial city was connected globally throughout the period from Magan until, until the Aaron period, until pre-Islamic period. The door is very important. These are some traces from the door. Very important because it's also was connecting UAE to Indian Ocean, to different cities in Indian Ocean, as well as to the civilization that developed in the, in the Middle East. These are some traces uh, that found in Dubai recently. This, is, this also goes to Mag Magan period, as well as to Aaron period. And as you see here on the left side, the ring, that become now logo of Dubai Expo. They took it from this, uh, from this uh, site. And this site is, is very important. They found like thousands of, thousand of, 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 of items from that period. These are some picture from the pre-Islamic period uh, around, it goes back to around 300 BC until, until the Islamic period, you find lots of traces that developed in Maleha, found in Maleha. Maleha was a big settlement connected to a door. We talk about door, the, 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 the city that in the coastal area. This city was in, in Sharjah, in the middle of the Sharjah. No, it wasn't in the coastal area, but connected to door, which was in coastal area. Lots, this, they had, they had from, this, from this site, we found that they had government, they have currency, their own currency, they have their own stamps, they have their own ruler, they had palace. Which is, which, which, is, which is amazing, amazing, amazing discovery. This is some of the traces from Islamic period. Dubai, as you see the second picture on your left side, this is Dubai. Dubai was an important commercial city during the Islamic period, especially early Islamic period and, and, and also later Islamic period to some extent. Jullifar, the one on the, on, the, on the left side, end of left side, Jullifar is a, was, a, was Islamic, Islamic, uh, uh, Islamic, uh, commercial city, huge commercial city was connected also to other cities in the, in the Gulf, such as, for example, Qais, uh, Qais uh, uh, especially, it's a city, commercial city was developed by, by people from UAE. It, the Dullifar was connected also to Hormuz. Hormuz, as you know, it's one of the important cities that developed on the coastal area. We'll talk about that later on. This is basically, as you see here, the map during the Islamic period, 
how how the the trade networks how UAE become important during Islamic Islamic period because Islamic period is very interesting in the Indian Ocean because Islam basically expanded until Spain, also expanded until India and expanded to whole Middle East and actually the, took over all the power from the Sassanid period and, uh, and, and Roman period because during Roman and Sassanian period, there was lots of war and fighting between them. What Islam did actually brought stability to whole region and connected Mediterranean to Red Sea, to Indian Ocean, as well as whole Indian Ocean region to the Mediterranean and to the Red Sea and to the Gulf area. That's why lots of cities boom in UAE period, lots of commercial cities during Islamic period, and they were connected with China, with India, especially with Canton in China, with India, with Malaga, with all these cities, we can talk about it later on. As you see, that's, that there is three important cities that develop in the Gulf area, which UAE cities also were uh, commercial cities were connected to, like Saraf from 600 to, to, uh, to 11th century, Qais from, from, uh, from 1100 to 14th century, Hormuz from 14th century to, to, to 1500. These cities were huge, huge. These cities were the most important commercial cities in the world, according to, according to, the, to, to, to some poets. Uh, according to some poets, if, if the world is like a ring, Hormuz is a diamond in the ring. This is according to the George, the British poet. Also, Hormuz was exporting in, in, in for late 1400, exporting goods twice as much as British and Dutch put them together. Also, Hormuz was, uh, was visited by Chinese explorer in, in the mid 1400 and described uh, his name is Mahong. As you know, Mahong, this book is very famous book about the traveling book, Chinese that was sent by Ming dynasty. They, they came to, 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 UA, to UAE region and they described all the cities in UAE. I mean, his description of Hormuz is very interesting. It was, it's a very multicultural city. People like Christian, Jewish, Buddhist, Hindus, all living together, Arabs, uh, Persian, uh, Africans, all living together in the city and city, that's an amazing city. It's like you find not any, any items in the world you find in, the, in this city. And uh, these are some, uh, this is Ahmed bin Majid. Ahmed bin Majid is uh, one of the navigator that, that, uh, that, uh, that was from this period. Just I wanna mention Ahmed bin Majid quickly. Ahmed bin Majid actually, wrote a book called Al-Fawaid. Al-Fawaid, in that book, he described that he went to, through the Cape of Good Hope, went to the Mediterranean Sea before Portuguese coming to the, to the Indian Ocean. This is, it tells you how, how, how developed the navigator was during this period of time. These are the campuses that was developed by Ahmed bin Majid. He's from Jullafar city of Ras al-Khaimah. This map was drawn by Ahmed bin Majid in 1400. It shows, see the, how, how clear is the map, he, how precise is the cities in the Indian Ocean was drawn by Ahmed bin Majid. These are the, some ships were used do, during the Islamic period, Doha, Doha, uh, Doha as you know, Doha were, were used in, 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 in this period. Transformation period, as you know, Portuguese penetrated Indian Ocean. Once they penetrated Indian Ocean, they came to the city of Malindi. As you see here in the city of Malindi, they met Ahmed bin Majid in this city. Ahmed bin Majid guided him to, to Gawa, to Calicut, India. And after that, as all of you know, the, the, the peaceful Indian Ocean was, was taken over by Portuguese and they claimed that the Indian Ocean is there. Anybody use the Indian Ocean, they need to pay taxes to Portuguese. And uh, they took over all the trades from the Arabs, from the local merchants. 
and themselves they exported peppers and spices directly to 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 to, to Europe through Mediterranean through through Cape of Good Hope as you know the whole 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 area declined economically because Portuguese even Hormuz was controlled by Portuguese all the cities were controlled by Portuguese even 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 Singapore this time twice was was demolished by Portuguese during this 1500 and 1600 as as, as you know from your history these are Portuguese uh, uh, ships were loading spices and they taxed they taxed people if they use Indian Ocean because they, the Indian Ocean become belong to them according to Pope degree. We can talk about this. You need the decline, why the area declined. If you see the, 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 chart, the table on, on your left side, from the uh, local merchants from, from, from UAE and from other Arab countries, they were exporting peppers, only pepper, one, one item. To Alexandria, it was 630 tons. When Portuguese took over the Indian Ocean, it dropped to 130 tons. Why? Because Portuguese were exporting themselves and they're not, allow, not, not allowing the merchant, local merchant to trade in pepper. Beirut, they used to export before Portuguese 240 tons. After Portuguese look Beirut, started to export only 10 tons. Why? Because Portuguese took over the, 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 the pepper trade. Colonial period, this is a period that uh, put, uh, British Gradually, British and French and all of them entered the Indian Ocean and they started to fight each other until British colonized, as you know, India. During this period, we had a very powerful mercantile, mercantile uh, uh, tribal groupings uh, called Al Qawasim and coexisted with Banias, as, as Glimpse mentioned to you. Banias also is a tribal grouping. Banias is basically it's a tribal that is uh, that that were living in Abu Dhabi and Dubai, and the rest, as you see here, Ojman, Sharjah, Khorfakan, Umarqin, Ras Al Khaimah, they all become Al Qawasim. Al Qawasim was dominating the whole area, as you see from this map. Uh, they were do dominating both coasts, Iranian coast as well as UAE coast. They had around 500 uh, uh, merchants' vessels, trading vessels. They were trading with India, but they were not allowed to trade with India because of British colonized India in, in 1773. Once they colonized India, the British, they put this, a system called the scope of the British security. The whole this area in the, in the, in the, red, in the, in the red table, the whole area become part of your British security. They need to be controlled. Singapore, including also in this period, 18, 19, by 1819, British sent troops, and, and we talk about this later. Also, as you know, Singapore was also taken by, by East, Indian, East Indian Company during this time. To, this is 18, uh, 1819. During this period, also UAE, British also colonized, colonized UAE. As you see here, there was two fights. British actually, they did not want to pay tax because Kawasim were pay, paying tax when British colonized India. But, but also they asked British to pay tax, but British were not paying tax. British attacked uh, Kawasim and destroyed all the cities because they become more advanced because of industrial revolution, because they were controlling India. They had man more, more manpower, more ships, and they, they destroyed all the cities in UAE. They demolished all the cities in 1809. Then in 18, 1819, they colonized the area. By 1820, they signed an agreement with all the sheikhs 
on the coastal area, including not just UAE, including Bahrain, including Qatar, including Kuwait, including most of the African countries, as you know, all of this area that they were in the scope of their security, including Singapore in 1819, the same period. They also, Singapore, they did it peacefully, but in UAE, they didn't do it peacefully, they do it forcefully, and they took over. The, 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 the concept of piracy, this is, this is, this is nonsense. British used this concept just to convince the people in Britain, Great Britain, that in England, that they 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 taking over UAE because of the piracy. This is nonsense. There is, a, according to Sheikh Sultan Qasim, he wrote this book, The Myth of Piracy. There is no one single document that Qasim were pirate. There is no one single document. You can go back to my book. You can go back to Qasim's book also. There is no one single document it is they were pirates they were merchants they were merchants they were traders they didn't go to england to occupy london but the british they came to 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 uae to occupy uae as you they occupied the england uh, <laughs> india or they occupied most of the indian ocean countries later on as you know uh, colonial period then it's the period that uae become under colonial rule which is british the whole economy in this period destroyed until the whole economy, because all the ships that Qasim, Qasim they did, they were demolished. All the cities were demolished. The uh, the, the 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 area that under uh, under Qasim in in, in 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 Iran, they were also taken and made the British. They made bases there, their military bases. As you see here, then the area become by 1869, the the, the time that they opened the Canal Suez, British made their way to produce one item, one product, which is peril. They divided the whole area, the Gulf area, to, to, to specialize in, in three different, in, in, in each area in one special product. UAE, from UAE to Kuwait, they specialized to produce only peril. Iranian coast, they, were, they, they specialized to produce opium, and opium was exported to Singapore, as you know, during this, this time in, in, in 1869 and later. And uh, the region, Iraq region, which is Basra, they, they made the, this uh, area to specialize in producing date and they send it to Australia, to America. And the UAE region with the Gulf region, they, they, they started to produce peril. And peril was exported to India through, um, uh, through the port of, uh, port of Linga. Linga is on the Iranian coast, was under Qawasim rule, still under Qawasim rule during this period of time and it was exported to India. As you see here, before the British, peril was not important. It was only, they sold only 50,000 pounds. But during the, when British took over and made the whole region to specialize in peril, see the number. It, it, it jumped to 735,000 pounds. Before it was 50,000 pounds, it jumped to 735,000. And the peak period was 1913, it jumped to 2 million pounds. This this is the uh, this is the UAE region before the before the independence. As you see here, you see it's still underdeveloped, and not uh, near because of the British colonialism. They were underdeveloped. Uh, this is if you see on the on the right side. This is Abu Dhabi until 1960s. This in the middle is Sharjah. This is uh, Dubai in, in, in until 1950s and 60s. Post-colonial is the independent period. Uh, Sheikh Zayed, I put the Sheikh Zayed here because he took initiative to unite all the region. Even he invited Qatar and Bahrain to, to, to become part of the unity, but they didn't. 
but he united all the seven Emirates and he, we call him, he's the founder of UAE and he ruled until 2004, as you know, and the, the whole development of UAE took place during his time. And this is the union day, the 2nd of December, 1971. And hopefully this year, this December gonna be the fifth, uh, 50th year of, of, of UAE. Part three, we talk about Dubai, rise of Dubai. Rise of Dubai, basically Dubai has a history long history of, uh, of being a mercantile city, important mercantile city, well, but we will take it into colonial period, later colonial period, post-colonial period, how Jabal Ali become important and diversification of, of Dubai. Dubai actually become important as a peril port. They were exporting peril from Dubai to Linga. Linga, as you see it, this is Linga here. Linga is here on the Iranian coast. This one, Linga here and was, Dubai was exporting peril because the whole region become a peril region and the whole region of UAE become producing only one item, which is peril, was exported to Linga and from Linga to India. And that's Dubai, that was the, later on the ruler of Dubai in 1887, 1887, he was very liberal. He, he made Dubai a, a liberal city. Uh, and later on after 1887, Iran took over the Linga, the Qasim city, Linga, Kajor Shah took over the Linga. Once they took it over the Linga, lots of merchants decided to leave to come to Dubai. By, by around eight, 1891, steamer ship used to come to Dubai weekly. By around 18, 18, uh, 1891, yes, around 92, 1892, Dubai actually uh, ruler, decide, uh, Shah, Shah of Iran basically increased the tariff tax uh, in, on, on, on Linga city, on the Linga port. And, and much, most, of, mo most of the merchants here decided to leave. Dubai ruler, Maktoum bin Hashir, the grand grandfather of Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid today, he actually abolished the 5% tax that existed on Dubai, made the Dubai a free zone, a free, a free of tax. Lots of merchants from, uh, from that Linga city, all of them basically migrated to Dubai. Also, lots of, lots of other merchants from Pakistan area, India area, and all of them this was in Pakistan during that time, but most of, many, many people, many merchants from the Indian Ocean also migrated to Dubai. This is, we have Khaja from, from Pakistan area. We have Banyan from India area. We have lots of Bastakia, lots of people from Linga immigrated to Dubai. And they develop a region called Bastakia region. This is in Dubai, the old settlement of the merchants. All the merchants moved to Dubai because it's free of tax, it's a, it's a liberal, and the, the ruler also encouraged them, built ports for them, deepened the, the creek for them. Most of them actually moved to Dubai. These are their settlement. You can visit Dubai and see the old, old merchant houses in, in Dubai. These are from the early, late 1800s and early 1900s. Dubai actually later on, uh, Sheikh, Muhammad, Sheikh uh, Rashid, father of Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid, he became the ruler of Dubai in 19, late 1950s. And he actually initiated lots of development projects. These development projects, basically he brought water, electricity to Dubai in 1950, late 1950s. He actually developed Port Rashid in the middle, you see Port Rashid. He developed airport, Dubai airport in 65. He was the founder of the, what we see in Dubai today, the economic development of Dubai. He was the founder of this development. 
he deepened the creek also Dubai Creek for more ships to come to Dubai. That's that's the beginning of development of Dubai as a commercial city, not only for the region, also become a little bit more global. Then uh, Sheikh Mohammed Rashid, he became a crown prince in 1995. He speed up the development of Dubai, all the big development in Dubai. He 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 took he took the initiative basically, as you see, he expanded the Port Rashid in the middle. He expanded Dubai Airport. He expanded. He he made the creek to become more attractive to tourists, not only to for the ship to to come to the creek, also to attract it for tourists. He built all high-rise buildings. As you see, this expansion, Dubai Airport, as you know, is the one one of the largest airport in the world uh, and the busiest airport in, in the world. Receives 80, 84, 86 million received 86 million passenger for transit in in 19. In 2019, then Dubai development has has to do also with the free zones. Actually, the free zones idea it was it was Sheikh 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 Rashid. He built a, a port called Jabal Ali. This port, Jabal Ali port, is the largest man-made port in the world. He took the initiative in 1972. He finished the port in 1979. In 1985, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid, the son of Sheikh Rashid bin Said. He made the port a free port, made it a free zone. Once he made it a free zone, lots of multinational corporation moved to this free zone. Now it's hosting around 7,000 global companies, multinational corporations. In 2021, it's almost 7,000 multinational corporation hosted in this free zone. The idea of the free zone was very successful. He, the Sheikh Mohammed Rashid took this idea and applied it in so many other free zones. This is Jabal Ali on the left side. This is Jabal Ali free zone. The airport, Dubai airport also become a free zone. Land holding become a free zone in, uh, also in Dubai. And this basically led to the development of Dubai, uh, as you see also in terms of trade. In the, in the colonial time, British was in the top and, and Switzerland was the top and Japan was the top, not anymore. All now, China is in the top of the trade with Dubai. Also, India. Also, we have other countries like the US, for example. Switzerland is still continuing. Also, the region like Saudi Arabia. But the top is China now. These are some statistics. We can talk about it later on. And free zones of Dubai, basically, you remember from two free zones, airport and, 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 and Jabal Ali free zone, now Dubai has 35 free zones. And now Dubai hosts 50,000 companies, including 600 Singaporean companies are established in, the, in these free zones. 50,000 companies around. So these are some of the free, new free zones. Dubai Health City, Dubai Internet City, Dubai Media City, Dubai Production City, and you name it, Dubai Textile City, and you name it. Now the model, why Dubai become a model for the region economic model, and why Abu Dhabi is uh, it's becoming a, a, a leadership model for the region, or it's still, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a leadership model for the region. Dubai an economic model because of diversification. Dubai very diversified economy, as you see from the from the from this pie. Dubai does not depend on oil. Only three percent of Dubai is from oil. The rest is from tourism. Dubai attract like sixteen million tourists in nineteen nineteen. I'm not giving you the statistic of lately because of the corona. But Dubai in 2019 attracted 16 million tourists. Dubai also depends on, on retail, on, on, on construction, on finance, on industry, on, on other, other. This diversification of Dubai economy 
it's been omitted in the region from UAE cities to the, to the Gulf cities, to most of the countries in the region, basically. Bahrain, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, even Abu Dhabi, all of them basically took this model of free zone, applied it in, in their own ports and all airports and so on. Dubai model is very successful. And, and it's, it's, uh, we can talk about this more if you want later on. Abu Dhabi leadership model, it goes back to his highness, uh, it's his late ruler of Abu Dhabi, Sheikh, Sheikh, Zayed, Sheikh Zayed bin Sultan, as you know, Sheikh Zayed, he ruled for a long time, from, from 71 to 2004, he was president, president of UAE and, and, and also ruler of Abu Dhabi. He actually, he's, 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 he was a leader, real leader. And his leadership actually nowadays is being followed by his sons, uh, Khalifa and now Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed. Uh, actually, if you go back to Sheikh Zayed, I give you a brief idea of Sheikh Zayed. Sheikh Zayed on the, on the, on the local level, he actually developed UAE citizen by providing UAE citizen with free education, free housing, uh, jobs, uh, uh, also free health. He provided everything for UAE, UAE citizen. He built an infrastructure of UAE, the roads, the schools, the hospitals, and so on. And this is a local. Local, he built all the institution locally. Re regarding uh, regionally, he was a very peaceful man. He encouraged peace and stability in the region. And you can read this about him more. Globally, he was very humanitarian. He aided all the countries, regardless of the nationalities, regardless of the religion, he aided all the countries of the world. Besides that, he was pro-environment, he protected the environment, he was against the poverty, he fought the poverty. He wanted all to bring all civilization together through talk. He was very, 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 very tolerant person. That what we see now, Crown Prince uh, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, he took from his father all these, these uh, good elements, or he's, 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 he's a leader. And, and in, in terms of, for example, locally, he's, uh, he's encouraging UAE, empowering UAE citizen, regardless of their ability, regardless of their gender, regardless of their race, regardless of their intensity. He's very tolerant with immigrants. He developed all this tolerant policy. Uh, regionally, his pro-peace, as you know, all of you, pro-peace and, and, and security for the region. Uh, globally, he's, he's, he's basically very tolerant globally. He, he, supplying his tolerant policy globally. He's, he's bringing all the countries together on the table to solve their problems. He's, uh, he's in terms of an environment, he's with clean energy, uh, clean environment. Also, in regarding, regarding the, uh, the civilization, is bringing all civilization together. Very similar to his father, but he's taking it globally, step further. As you see from this picture, how tolerance or the Sheikh Zayed was in the, for, for when he was a ruler, and how tolerance Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, he received Pope, as you know, and he's revisiting all the believers, the different faiths, and, and welcoming them to UAE through tolerant policy, through initiating the Abraham House, where you're going to have church, mosque and, and, uh, and synagogue together in one place, in one house, it's already finished. He declared 2019 as a peace, uh, it's a tolerance year. Uh, in terms of, for example, I read a little bit here, the UAE has always been, according to him, the UAE always been, and is still a proponent of peace and symbol of tolerance among people. Energy clean, UAE is very rich in terms of oil, but UAE is going for the clean energy. We have a solar system, we have a nuclear plant, clean, clean city without pollution, city, clean city without pollution. 
they we going for all for new energy, clean energy. In terms of aid, as you know, in the for five years back, uh, for past five years, you have been number one in terms of aiding, in terms of humanitarian aid globally. Uh, in, in 2017, UAE gave 19 billion to the 147 countries of the world. And UAE signed a nice partnership with Singapore in 2019. And this partnership is working. I think Singapore is a very successful, successful model. Uh, UAE is a very successful model. And we, might, we both, both of us being together, we can make the world a better place by helping those countries or need development, needs aid, need uh, to think about clean energy, to think about peace and security. I think we both together will, will, will help the world to be a better place. Thank you for listening. And I think we should take some, some of your questions now. Thank you, Dr. Akil. It's a wonderful presentation where you included many, many photos and, and which certainly captivated the attention of our audience. And you also squeezed a very long history into a very short space of time. So now uh, we will move into our Q&A segment and uh, we are prepared to receive questions from the floor. You may either raise your hand through the Zoom function and we can then unmute you to ask your question or you can enter your questions in the chat box, which I will then read out to our speaker. So while while well, everyone is still adjusting their thinking caps, we do have one question from the floor from Tracy Lim. Uh, the question is, thank you for your presentation. In history and current times, have there been rivalries between the different Emirates or ruling families of the UAE? Dr. Akil. No, I actually, the rivalry was during the colonial time. As you know, British were, were also dividing the area for British policy was to divide the region, not to unite the region. I, there is no rivalry. They are family, as you mentioned before, they are from one family. Dubai ruler and Abu Dhabi ruler is all of them Baniyas from one family. All the Al-Qasim Qasim all are from the one family. Not only that, also there is intermarriage among them. There is, there is it's, uh, if you look, for example, in relation to the social cohesion in UAE, I did a study on social cohesion. Last year, I finished. I, I've been doing that for the for the government for past for past uh, six years. Social cohesion in UAE, it's amazing. It's all almost ninety nine percent. People are very much attached to the ruler, and ruler or they are attached to each other. It's 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 amazing. That's that's why the UAE is successful. One of the reasons why the UAE is successful because of unity among them, because of the social cohesion among the people. The, the, because because of the ruler and the people or were together 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 in development together in, in, in lots of things happening is uh, doing things together that's why that's why that's why there is no 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 any rivalry among them this was during colonial time and the colonial uh, the colonial is gone 